Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in this afternoon. It's 1233. Reed Wilkins sitting in for Bob Stoffer. Middle of the second inning, no score between Cleveland and Houston. Game one of that best-of-five American League Division Series, all four Major League Baseball playoff series on the field today. Uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings starting a long road trip. We'll give you details on that when we get to NHL today later in the show, courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. Some guests on Oilers now get gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. We have the Oilers and Devils tomorrow, 9.30 face-off show, 11 a.m. for the puck drop here on 630 Chad. Monday, starting at noon, countdown to kickoff for the Eskimos and the Riders. The game will start at 2. Morley and Dave will have the call from Regina, and I will have a live edition of Inside Sports Monday night from 6 to 8 as we uh, roll into the Thanksgiving weekend, and we welcome Elliot Friedman to Oilers Now. Elliot, you're on with Reed today, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's uh, I don't I don't think I've ever done this segment with you. I know we've met a couple times when you've been in uh, Edmonton for games, so it's uh, nice to be on the show with you. I'm going to throw one at you right off the top here. Okay. With the Oilers in Sweden, we open yeah. the show with "Does Your Mother Know" by ABBA. Do you have a favorite ABBA song, and if so, what is it? You know what? I, I love ABBA. I'm a I'm a I I love their stuff so. I don't know. When I was a kid, it was probably Super Trooper. That was always the song I kind of liked the most. I don't know if I would still pick that now, but I'm I'm definitely an ABBA fan. I have to tell you, though, Reed, I thought your question was going to be, are we going to let Bob back into the country? (laughs) Well, we we don't get to decide that, do we, you and me? Or do you mean just Canada in general? (laughs) A petition. Yeah, we could petition them not to let him back in. Oh, he's coming back. He's 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 coming back. Yeah, I know, I know. They, that charter, they won't stop it just to throw Bob out at thirty-five thousand feet. Oh, jeez. Sure. There we go. <laughs> Poor Bob. We like we like making fun of him usually when he can't hear it. But uh, that... I know he'll. Someone will tell him. Like people will tweet at him. He he gets a good laugh out of it. We did. I'm going to have to send you this a couple of years ago. Sid Smith, who's the the boss here at six thirty, Chad. We did a promo for a fake station called C Bob. And it was all okay. Bob Stoffer hosted every show on the station. So it oh, was Oilers awesome. Now. 
It was tree planting stories. It was Golden Bears hockey. And it was all Bob all day. And he actually got a laugh out of it and played it on Oilers now. I'll, I'll have to send it to you. Yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. Like, that's the one thing, like, about this about life you got to be able to dish it out and you got to be able to take it so like he 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 dishes it out and he's good at taking it i like that about bob absolutely absolutely well uh we'll see uh what we're dishing out and taking about the oilers this season how this uh this year is going to develop i i gotta i gotta ask you about a big contract storyline here uh that's going on with the maple leafs who should be pretty good this season what, what, what's your sense of what's going on with uh, with William Nylander here? Is this getting close? Is this still far apart? What can you tell us? You know, I, the one thing is, Reedy, you're always careful about, because it can change. Like, you know, so yeah, I'm happy to answer the question, but you're always worried it's gonna, you're going to say, oh, you're not hearing good things, and then, bing, the guy signs five minutes right. later. So I always say it with that caveat. But the sense I really get is that there's not a lot of movement here right now, that um you know, William Nylander and his agent and his father have a sense of where his worth is, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are trying to hold the line, knowing there's you know three more big contracts to come in addition to John Tavares, and they're trying to get everyone to take a little less. And, you know, here we are right now. And, um, you know, I, I think they're a part. I, I think they've looked at long-term deals. I think they've looked at, you know, something as short as maybe four years. But, uh, you know, from what I can tell at this point in time, they're not that close. I think the Leafs want to come in somewhere between 6 and 6'5". Six, I think Nylander's ask is in the dry sidle range. And, uh, and, you know, we're kind of stuck there right now. Well, and I wonder, if, I mean, look, I, I know he's a very good player, but Toronto has other good players. They did win their opening game of the season. We'll see if they keep going. I mean, if Toronto has a successful season and, and kind of keeps plugging away and putting up points without him, doesn't his bargaining power go down day by day if that happens? You know, I think it's funny. You hear a lot of, you hear a lot of comments about this. Like I, like, I honestly think that the biggest problem that the Maple Leafs are going to have in all this is that Matthews, like, I don't look at Nylander's number as being the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem is going to be Matthew's number. Because, you know, there's, all the talk here has been about Tavares. I know the rest of the country is sick of it. I get it. It's, you know, it's good for laugh. It's, it's funny. I understand. Um, but, like, as great as Tavares is, Matthew's the best player on the team. And, you know, he's only been one game, but he looked dynamite the other night. And, you know, I, I don't think that he's as good as McDavid. I, I think when I, when I rank players, I, I would right now I'd rank McDavid a little bit ahead of Matthews. But I don't think that the, I don't think it's a huge drop off between one from the other. I think McDavid, I think they're different players, but I think they both are guys who want to get better, demand, demand a lot for themselves, expect to be great, tinker with their games say, okay, what don't I like and what can I make better? And, you know, you saw McDavid talk about working on a shot in the offseason. Well, Matthews did that too. And, you know, I just think that I don't think that Matthews is going to make 12-5 like McDavid does, but you could make a real argument that it could be close. Like from a business sense, you know, the Maple Leafs, the year after Matthews was drafted, they got $800 million from Scotiabank to name their arena. And that wasn't happening without Austin Matthews. 
You know, they the year before they were the worst team in the league. Um, you know, they they didn't. They there were seats not being filled here. There were boxes that weren't being used here. And you could make a real argument that Matthews has had as big an impact on the bottom line as he has on the ice. So when I look at Nylander's situation, who's got the leverage and who doesn't, I look at it the other way. I look at it as if you're the Maple Leafs and you want your top four players to be, safe for argument's sake, around 40 to 45% of the cap, because that's the most in the last five years that anyone's had that's won the Stanley Cup. Their top five players being 45% of the cap. If we get the same growth next year, Reed, that's probably about $38 million for four players. And you've already got Tavares at 11. And, you know, what's Matthews going to be at? So I think the bigger question is, when do they get Matthews done? And what's that number? And that probably affects everybody else. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense for sure. Elliot Friedman joining us on Oilers Now. He's the regular guest every Friday at uh, at 12.30. The Oilers start tomorrow, so uh, we're waiting here through everybody else playing their season opener. Oilers at 11 o'clock tomorrow from Sweden. I know uh, Bob and I were discussing in the last half hour that, you know, Evan Bouchard, if, if, you, if you send him to, to London... You can't bring him back unless it's an emergency or, or when his team That's is correct. out. So he's he's likely to get a few shots here. Uh, McClellan said that in his uh, in his press conference today as well. I, I got to tell you this, Elliot. You know, from covering the team and, and talking about the team and, and all summer, I think look, and every team has question marks. I always say it's the the size of the question mark and the number of question marks. I think the biggest question mark for the Oilers is their depth defense. Who's going to handle the the five, six, seven roles? And I know there are other ones. I know there's Talbot. I know there's the special teams. I know there's depth scoring. But that depth defense, is it going to be experienced enough? Is it going to be good enough if, if you're using inexperienced players? That's number one question mark for the Oilers to, for me. What would it be from you uh, looking at the team from a, from a little further away? Well, you know, I, I think that's a very fair question. I, I think that's on the list. My biggest question about your team, Reed, is, you know, what is the truer version? Is it the 16-17 Oilers that beat San Jose and took a really good Anaheim team to Game 7? Or is it the 17-18 Oilers who were never in the race? And I think it's somewhere in the middle. But... Is, is that middle closer to two years ago or is it closer to last year? Like, I think the Oilers went into last year saying, boy, I don't know if we're as good as we finished last year. But I know they finished last year saying, I know we're not as bad as we've been this season. So where is it? And, and like, I look at Clefbaum, and I know he was hurt last year. I refuse to believe that last year's Oscar Clefbaum is the real Oscar Clefbaum. I look at Adam Larson, and there was a big story today about everything he went through last year with his dad, and that's a big deal. I'm not trying to minimize it. That is not Adam Larson. And I look at Milan Lucic last year, and I really hope for Edmonton's sake that that is not Milan Lucic, that there's a lot more there. And I just look at a lot, and Cam Talbot, i got to think he's closer to the two years ago than last year, but how close? Like, to me, that's the biggest question I have is we've seen a lot of these guys at their best, and we've seen a lot of these guys at their worst. 
So what's the answer? What are they really? And that's the biggest question, because that probably answers a lot of questions about your group in terms of how good you really are or aren't and, and, and what decisions you have to make in the years to come. That, to me, is, is the most important thing, is getting an honest handle of these players and determining what you have. Well, and it's interesting that, that you take that approach because it, it is a little bit of a different angle than what I had. I, I'm, t- I'm talking about depth guys, but your point is, is well made as well. If, if your top guys, if your, you know, your top three defensemen are really good and your top seven forwards are really good, then sometimes what the depth guys do doesn't matter as much, right? Does it matter if your fourth line, goal, your fourth line center gets eight goals or ten if, if Lucic gets 25 goals, right? I mean, a lot of times it comes down to what the big guys do, not what the depth guys do. It's a team game, and you need those guys to be good and contribute. But now, you know, we don't allow backdiving contracts anymore. The top players are getting paid. They're, you know, like there's, even, even though McDavid took 750 less a year when it first got out, he's still getting a big salary, deserves every penny. Like as the numbers go up, it's harder to have a deep, deep team. So you need your depth players to be contributors but you need your best players and your highest-paid players to be drivers. And I really don't, even though it's a team game, and, you know, John Tavares picked Toronto because they have a good team with a lot of young players, but your, your best players have to be difference makers. And you know what? I didn't mention Dreisaitl. Um, I think this is a huge year for him, too. You, he's got he's to carry his own line. I know you guys have talked about this in Edmonton ad nauseum, uh-huh. but you're 100% right. He's got, look at, I was watching San Jose the other night. They lost, but they've got a Vander Kane on the third line because they're going for the balance. And if that works, they're going to be really tough to handle. You need Dreisaitl to be able to carry their own line. Yeah, well, and that and that figures into how Lucic does, and whether Yamamoto or Puliyarvi or Reader or whoever winds up on, on the other wing, because I mean, Leon, the, the last twelve to fifteen games last season, he was had rotating wingers of guys who were like Aberg, who were kind of trying out or who were having tough seasons, and and you could see it in Leon forcing plays, and I think some some frustrated body language on the ice. So yeah, hopefully he has guys uh, helping him out. Uh, Elliot, before I let you go, uh, Oilers uh, played in Germany. Uh, awesome atmosphere in uh, Cologne Wednesday morning. They won an overtime regular season game tomorrow in Sweden. Do you, do you think the NHL, and I know there's other, a couple other ones coming up uh, uh, later on here for regular season games uh, overseas, do, do you think the NHL wants to do more of this, or are teams going to say, you know, yeah, it's a great idea, but not us? Like, what, what, what's your sense of that? Well, first of all, it's always great to be able to watch hockey in my jammies. I really like that. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's good. I liked that the other day at Cologne. You know, I look at it this way, Reed. If you want to grow the game, you got to do this. So if, if you want to grow the game and therefore grow the cap and everybody makes more money, then there's no point in complaining about it. Just commit to it and do it. But if you don't care about that, then don't do it. Like, to me, like, for example, when the commissioner was in China with the Flames of the Bruins, he said that they want to put regular season games there. And I'm sure there are teams saying, oh, my God, I hope that's not me. Because right. that's a long trip and it, it does take a lot out of you. Um, and 
but like to me, the question is, do you want to grow the game? If you don't care about it, fine. But if you do care about it, it's a necessary evil, and you just have to deal with it. And if I was a player, and or I was an owner, and I wanted to make the most money possible, and I wanted to expose a great game to more people, I would say this is a necessary thing, and we have to make the best of it. All right. Well, uh, this should be fun uh, Fun tomorrow. Last two Hart Trophy winners going at it, and uh, we'll see where these two teams are at to start the season. Uh, Elliot, it was great to talk to you. You know what? I, I got uh, I got a Sportsnet guy, uh, this gentleman named Ken Reed, on my evening show tonight. He wrote some book or something, so that's going to be fun. Well, first of all, we know Ken didn't read it, didn't write it. Somebody <laughs> wrote it for him. <laughs> You know, it's the second hockey cards book, right? Yeah, it's the second one. Yeah, I give him a lot of credit, man. Like he, 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 like, and I would say this to anybody who's listening to this, especially if you're young and you're just starting out in a career. Ken's got a lot of passion for these kinds of things. Like I've talked to him about it before, and when you get him talking about this stuff, like it really comes off him, and it's, it's proof that if you have a passion for something and you're really determined to be good at it or do something, you can you can really accomplish it. Because I've seen Ken write, and he can barely put a sentence together, but he's done a marvelous job with these two books, and I'm really happy for him because they are a, a real passion project for him. And I would bet there were a lot of people who said he could never get one of these done, never mind two. So I'm really happy for him. I'm glad he's coming on the show with me. Right on. Elliot, thanks for your time. As always, you're back with Bob next Friday on Oilers Now. Oh, God, don't remind me. <laughs> That's Take care, Reed. Take care, Elliot. Take care, tomorrow. <laughs> There's Elliot Friedman already counting the minutes till he's on with Bob next Friday at 1230. Uh, no score, top of the third, Cleveland and Houston. Game one of their American League Division Series. We'll keep you updated on that. We will take you through uh, NHL today and some notes uh, from other levels of hockey, too, when we get back. This is Oscar Plathbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Just some text to 630-630. This individual says the NHL should try growing the game in the failing American markets. That's where it matters. Uh, this texture says, why does everything get put on Leon? He has an absolute boat anchor on his wing named Milan Lucic. Uh, another person says, Reed, I have a couple of concerns about the team. Even if Talbot rebounds and plays excellent, what about injury? Uh, number two, defense. And number three, Lucic would be fine at $1 or $2 million a year on the fourth line, but not $6 million a year on the second line. GM Parisian says, uh, by uh, Elliot saying to McDavid and Matthews being different players, is he referring to the 50 points more per year McDavid gets? <laughs> what was the gap last year? We got to double check. I can't yeah, remember what yeah, math, we'll, we'll Matthews confirm got. That, but. Another texter says, so "I'll look it up while you're doing NHL today." Another texter uh, says, uh, "Austin Matthews is the better player simply because he plays in Toronto. Anything and everything that is hockey goes through Toronto." Okay, you can text six thirty six thirty NHL today with Brendan Escott, courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. Tomorrow is the big day, folks. If you missed it off the top of the show, the Oilers open their regular season overseas against Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils. Six thirty, Chad. Has coverage of that game beginning with the face-off show with Reed Wilkins at 9.30 in the morning. Puck drop with Jack and Bob goes at 11. Recapping last night's action, the Winnipeg Jets started their season with a convincing 5-1 victory over St. Louis. And Ottawa took the Blackhawks to overtime on home ice but fell 4-3. 
Also a wild one between the Capitals and Penguins, finished off by a Chris Letang overtime winner. Penguins taking that game 7-6. Now, light night on the schedule tonight, only two games as a matter of fact. Blue Jackets have their home opener against the Carolina Hurricanes and the San Jose Sharks trek down the highway and they take on the Kings in Los Angeles. Flames defender Travis Hamanick, he is week to week with that facial fracture suffered in a fight with Canucks rear guard Eric Branson on Wednesday. The team recalled Rasmus and Anderson to fill that roster spot. New Jersey Devils signed former Buffalo Sabres forward Drew Stafford to a one-year $810,000 contract. He will take the place of Jesper Bratt, who suffered a broken jaw on Thursday when a puck deflected off the crossbar and hit him in the face. Uh, he is expected to miss a few weeks of action. Capitals forward Tom Wilson says he plans to appeal, and in fact has since I wrote this, submitted his appeal to the league uh, for his 20-game suspension for his check to the head of Blues forward Oscar Sundquist. So how this works is Gary Bettman hears the appeal. If he denies it, Wilson can then take it to a neutral arbitrator to try and get it reduced. It is, though, his fourth suspension in his last 105 NHL games. The Edmonton Oil Kings kick off a lengthy seven-game road trip through BC and Washington tonight in Kootenay. Puck drop against the ice at 7 p.m. Tomorrow night, they're in Spokane, taking on Kyler Yamamoto's former squad in the Chiefs and the Bakersfield Condor as the Baby Oilers open their season tonight against the Stockton Heat. And also, interesting note here, the league announced today that Don Cherry will be inducted into their Hall of Fame. I'm kind of surprised he isn't already there. Uh, he played 767 games in the league, split between the Hershey Bears, the Springfield Indians, and the Rochester Americans. He registered 259 points, but more than 1,000 penalty minutes, Reed. Thank you very much, Brendan. Uh, 108 for McDavid, 63 for Matthews. 45-point difference. Of course, Matthews didn't play the entire season. He was around a point a game. So 25-point difference if we round it up and give the young man in Toronto the, the benefit of the doubt. Anyway, David's better. I'm not being a homer. He's, he's just better. But Matthews, excellent as well. They can both be very good. It is 12.57. Hey, Pete Labardius is coming up. We'll also visit with Ian Herbers. From the Golden Bears bench, see what they're up to this weekend. Oilers Now on 630 Chet. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet.